Welcome to episode 230 of Saturday Football Uncensored, spinoff edition of Fourth and Wrong with Chris Marler. On today's episode, we talk news around college football before we talk to the co-host of the Cover 3 podcast, Bud Elliott of CBS Sports and 247 Sports. You find this, uh, let's see, don't forget to join us for the live show when we do uh, record. Right now, we're going to Mondays at uh, 8, 8.15 Eastern. Um, go share the show with your friends. <laughs> I think we're just doing it this one time. Uh, that's fun, too. Hit the theme music. Let's do this, Tyler. All right, I'll hit the theme. <laughs> Let's get this thing started. Uh, there's no video clip here now. so. Oh, yeah, because I changed all the stuff in, in StreamYard. Oh, <laughs> uh, and you... Yeah, that wasn't even close. I don't think. Welcome back to the Fourth and Wrong podcast. I'm your host Tyler Huck, and with me as always, Chris Marler. Chris, struggled through that intro there. Yeah, it's not great. I also feel bad because I was like really pumped about this new project that um, we're launching today. This is the very first episode uh, called Fourth and Wrong, and it will be a daily podcast just daily content of whatever the headlines are whatever i feel like ranting about um whatever and it'll be a, a daily probably like five to i was said five minutes but i don't ever i can't ever just do five minutes so yeah, probably like 15 minutes. yeah not great at that um but i made all this for the that specific content and that's the only reason your name's not included it's okay you know I, I can't do a daily podcast. I think you'd be great at it. Um, yeah, I'm excited to listen to it. Uh, so we figured we'd kick it off together before you take over the reins uh, daily. Yeah. Uh, a lot going on. <laughs> we have a big guest here. Obviously, we've given it away by putting this thing on the bottom of the YouTube that says the Bud Elliott's coming on. The Bud Elliott. The Bud Elliott. Uh, He's like a big deal. I know. Yeah, he is. Over the past couple of years, he's definitely taken a significant role. Ever since Barton Simmons left the Cover 3 podcast to go to Vanderbilt and Bud yeah. fell, uh, filled in for him, he's done a really good job with the show, along with uh, Danny Canal, Chip Patterson, and uh, uh, what's his face? Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell. No, uh, what's, it, what's his name? Fernelli. Tom Fernelli. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to having him on. Um, but we're gonna chat a little bit before we get Bud on here. Um, what do you where do you want to start? I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with the actual NCAA that I think we're gonna get to probably with Bud. Yeah. So I honestly, let's start with like my favorite news of the day. And since the whole premise of this show for Fourth and Wrong, when we start doing it daily, is just the news and notes of the day, specific daily topics about college football. There's this is the best thing I saw all day. Mizzou got an anonymous donation for $62 million. Yeah, that was this morning. Anonymous donation. You better believe that if I'm giving $62 million to anybody, I want my name all over that thing. I'm, I'm putting nicknames. It's called Memorial Stadium. That's the first thing I would have said. Yeah. If you, Also, if you're giving... Marlon Memorial? I mean... No. I, I mean, rolled off the tongue. Yeah, that's not bad. Um... First off, I saw that they were doing the renovations to Memorial Stadium. Why do we have so many Memorial Stadiums still? There are a lot. Um, it's, it feels like a very lazy way to uh, attack naming a stadium. Yeah. Um, 
It's like, well, you know, these guys over here, they've got memorial. These guys over there have got memorial. So you figure Our memorial here. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it would be Tyler Huck Stadium, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, if I'm giving $62 million. Anonymous <laughs> donation, $50 million of it is going towards renovating the memorial. And twelve goes straight into the NIL fund, the Tiger Fund. There, that is legit. That's pretty. I I really want to know who this is, and I really hope it's something illegal. Like I I don't think it is because Mizzou's not like that. But I I would love it if it's like, oh, it's anonymous because they're like laundering it through some like very shady shady guy. Um, also, like the way this plays out in my head is, they get a sixty-two million dollar renovation, and by next season. They are five and seven, and Eli Drinkwitz is fired because that is that is the most SEC thing that could happen with this kind of donation. I feel like they're trying to make a statement that they they do belong here. They want to like stay at the big boy table after this season. Um, and there's no better way to be in the SEC than giving out millions and millions of dollars for a new coach that you just gave a uh, what do you call it a new contract to, and then fired like right after. Yeah, that's so SEC, bro. Uh, I want to bring this up. Notable alumni from Missouri. Oh, yeah, this is fun. What about Brad Pitt? You think oh. he's a big football guy? Brad Pitt, the, the Hamaconda? Yeah, John Ham. He's on here. Um, you've got, I saw, they have a bunch Tom of Tom Hart. Tom Hart. You think Tom's rolling like that? There's no way. I've, there's no, no chance. Um, who's who's the, the pitcher with, with Todd two? Packer from The Office? Todd Packer did go there. I think. Cheryl Crow? Yeah. Maybe. Think she's into it? She might be the richest out of all of them, besides maybe Brad Pitt. They got a bunch of academics. I don't think they're giving the football. I don't know. Tom Berenger? Guy from Major League? Um, this is a whole, Keep reading. This is like my favorite thing. There's a bunch of... Like, it's a great journalism school, so there's a bunch of old school people from ESPN. John Anderson, very generic name that I now wish we didn't bring up. Is that what? Who is that? This guy was on uh, Scarface and The Sopranos. Yeah, I think he's probably wasn't he also in uh, Problem Child? Salvatore. He he seems like he might be dead. He that might be where it came from. Then that that guy was pretty sketchy. Yeah. In Scarface. Fair, fair. Could be from his estate. No. no. Best. I'm, What's up, I'm, Charlie I'm, Edwards? Um, I used to believe that there was Brad Pitt. It, there's no, there's no way because because he would have been like. Also, I'd like to, to be named after, like my. He would definitely name it after himself. If it was sixty-two million, I would. I would put like so many nicknames: Big Dick, Chris Marler Stadium. I would just go on and on. <laughs> well, I don't know. If they, the yeah. nicest person in the world, Chris Marler Stadium. Okay, yeah. Auburn sucks, Chris Marler Stadium. That's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, sixty-two. Any maybe there's some significance on the sixty-two. It's like double the amount of their highest donation, which means someone else donated $31 million in 2012. The real crazy part here is that somebody did that in this economy. <laughs> right. In this economy, you're giving away $62 million. To Mizzou football. Yep. Uh, well, apparently the Tiger Fund actually has a charitable component to it, which would be a tax write-off potentially. Aren't they all tax write-offs? It's changed under the different tax laws over the last couple of years. I don't think I don't think some donations are are considered write offs. At least it might be charitable, but 
Well, it's a it's a great great job from Mizzou considering. Uh, I know it's a it's yeah, a that consistently gets shit on from like around the SEC and around the country that they don't belong. Um, they are taking this seriously, and, and you love to see it. I think it's also a fan base that has reasonable expectations year in year out of not just their football program but all of their athletics. Um, you know, so I, I think that they. I've always said that Mizzou is just Vandy with a fake ID. They are they are a great fan base. They're smart, educated, logical, um, and I, you know, I, I think it's it's an awesome, awesome move from them. Absolutely. Uh, it was me. All right, next topic here. I'm gonna let you drive the boat with your graphics. Okay, I got to email Bud. Um, you want to do this one or the the? Well, hold on. No. No. Damn it! Here we go. Um, so on Friday, a little just like, uh, I guess, um, Friday news dump, the SEC and Big Ten announced a partnership where they are going to, uh, it's not a coalition, it's not that fancy, um, but they are going to have an advisory board, basically, uh, that's going to look into how they can better the experience for student athletes and and fix some of the constant issues and, and plenty of issues that are around college sports especially with nil now this was like a nice way of saying like if the NCAA doesn't get their shit together which we all know they're not going to this is i feel like the first step in we're moving on the break we have 34 34 programs that are all elite for the most part in terms of like um as like you know, well-known power five programs and, and seemingly good at least at one sport, 34 programs. And you're already the two strongest conferences year in, year out. You make the most money. You have the biggest TV deals. If you don't get your shit together and, and make a, like a, a, I wouldn't say an even playing field. I think this is partially going to be like leveraged into, Hey, like the, the ship, the playoff, the six automatic bids, and then six other like teams. It's not going to fly. There's no chance that Liberty's going to get in over fucking, you know, LSU because they finished fourth, even though they went nine and three in the SEC. It, I I can't tell if it's if it's good, bad, or somewhere in between. I don't know if it's strictly for the actual betterment of the student athlete, but that's what the entire mission statement is from the NCAA, and they haven't done that in quite some time. It it seems like at some point th- this just seems like maybe the very beginnings of, and I'd love to get buds input because he's going to know a lot more than than us but it seems like a the first stages of just creating this super conference that we've been talking about since basically the texas oklahoma news dropped yeah and we were like this is just this is setting up to be just too massive like the nfl has the afc and the nfc right um to me this is probably the start of that and um i'm interested to hear from bud you know if this if he thinks this means this is like more consolidation yeah right where you know, you're going to start to see the Florida States, the Clemsons, the maybe the Miamis, the different top tier teams from these conferences that are going to get left behind, unfortunately, put them into these conferences. I mean, it seems like that's where this is headed and this may be the step one of that. Right. It's I don't know whether to consider this like a significant move or not right now. Yeah, I think like depending on who you ask, like Josh Pate was not sold that it was a like some massive, massive, you know, underlying reason and statement. Um, 
I think it's just one of those things where it's like we've been expecting it for so long, so you kind of just assume at this point maybe that's that this is the first step. I think for me, it's like the it shouldn't be a surprise necessarily, but if you think four years ago, if you would have said the SEC and the Big Ten were partnering together for the betterment of college athletics, I would have called you crazy because like that they couldn't have been further apart four years ago. Um, I think there's a lot of self awareness and understanding of 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 what the value they hold is as, as conferences, as like, you know, institutions, like a part of those conferences. And I, I, it just feels like it's a matter of time to be like, like we, every time the NCAA does anything, every time they pop their head out of like whatever fucking hibernation they've been in, like, and not doing anything, they just embarrass themselves even more. And I, I don't, I will never feel bad for the NCAA. Um, but I will say that like, you saw them get shoved into a locker a couple of times this week with Tennessee suing the state of Tennessee suing suing them, and then also this. It's like the first time they feel like they've actually tried to do their job in quite some time. Yeah, but of course they just went about it in like but the worst way. Responding to trying to defend themselves. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to hear from Bud too. Is all this recent action? It seems like it started with Florida State a couple of weeks ago. Now it's been Florida, it's been Tennessee, it's been, I think, a couple other schools. They're just going one by one and and trying to knock these programs for these rules that were like may or may not have been in place. Nobody really knew what was going on. Right. It was years ago. Um, and they're also different than the rules now. Right. I'm just trying to figure out, like, is this like the NCAA trying to take their last stand? Mix that in with the SEC and the Penn News that they're kind of like, hey, we're going to talk over here while you're like over in the corner, like doing this stupid little shit with NIL. Right. About what w- the future of the two most powerful entities in college is. Not you, NCAA. It's, no. it's us. Oh, yeah. And that's like, it's it kind of worries me a little bit because I, I hope that whoever is going to be in charge and be like the leader of this sport, whether it's a person or if it's multiple people or whatever, there's just, it's been a very flawed, like a lovable, flawed. Um, it's like, what's that quote from you mean Dupree? It's like, it's a lovable fuck up. That's college football. Like, it is such a flawed system and it has been forever. And it's like, the more that we've tried to not, I don't say fix it, but like, do some of the things that we've, we've thought, like, hey, why haven't they done this before? Like, why isn't there a playoff? Why isn't, why aren't these kids paid? The people that have been in charge for so long are just every single time you kind of like, you know, look behind that curtain, they get more and more inept. And I think that we all just kind of realize, like, I, I don't know how they held power for that long, like, at, at all. Like, they, it's it's mind-blowing to me. Well, there's – the problem is there's no other replacement. Yeah. You know? So who do you go to to try to govern a sport that has – then subway is the only thing until now, I think. seems like there's some steps being taken uh, to potentially change that. I would I like I like the committee because I feel like um they did such a good job being fair and objective and balanced last That's year with like the, the final four in the in the playoff. And I thought they got the four deserving teams in. So I would no, love no, to no, see it was it. the best. It wasn't the most deserving, it was, it was the best. Yeah. Um that's gonna be our intro for this for this next man. Uh damn it, Tyler, how do we do this? Oh Jesus. Perfect timing. Per- Hello, bud. Why did you why did you kick him out? No. There we go. There we go. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on, bud? Not much, man. Just uh, so you guys got the StreamYard Premium paid for, so we can, uh, 
<laughs> Look at these graphics, by the way. Look at that. Who's this guy? Uh, that is me and oh, me and Pate. Yeah, dude, Pate yeah. is jacked. Yeah, yeah, like yes, really he jacked. He's like, I feel like he came out of the womb like that. Like he had he hamstrings at birth. Um, but he anyways, works legs though. Well, I guess it's it's not all upper body. He does do legs. I'll, I'll give him credit. Oh, I hate that. Uh, <laughs> we were gonna reserve um, Pate's leg muscles uh, for Thursday's show, but. We are glad that you are here, man. Um, I've, we've been talking a, a little bit ever since the debacle with the college playoff. And then um, I know you took a, a lot of, of joy watching just the the unraveling of um, the savings like that. You've been busy, man. So we appreciate you joining us. Uh, first off, like, I guess, like, is this somehow an even busier time for you? Because if you're in charge of recruiting, you have signing day, even though it's not the main signing day, there's no stop in this calendar. And I feel like, it probably is the same for you as it is almost for the coaches. Yeah, I, I, I talked to a lot of my coaching buddies. Like, man, I don't really get many days off now at all. I, I want to go back to the NFL. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to tell you I work a, a, you know coaches' hours, but yeah, there's not really been a whole lot of like calendar day off, right? But I mean, you can kind of seek out as much work as you want to. You know, if you really wanted to go to like every single recruiting event out there, I mean, you could find a different seven on seven every weekend, right? Which yeah. is probably not a real efficient use of time. Uh, to be honest, but you know, if you go to the good ones, you kind of see, you know, most of the guys who you need to see. Um, but no, it, it's been crazy busy. Like the all the, the late cycle coaching changes uh, has been it's been kind of nuts, man. Kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. always get something like, like we. I think that the fact that we didn't have like the internal replacement at Bama, like we did at Michigan, made it a little crazier. Because like when we got Bob Stoops to go over the summer. Yeah. They didn't do a search. They just they promoted Lincoln Riley. That was you know almost a decade ago now. But um, who the that, hell would they have hired? Who would have been the 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 guy from the program already? Yeah, if if Sark had not graduated up to Texas, I think. Yeah, probably, uh, or at least that, that would be my guess. But no, there, there's nobody internal you would go with. I, I don't think, unless I'm missing somebody. I mean, Chris, I, uh, Chris, I made, you, you brought up Tommy Reese. I mean. Tommy, yeah, I mean, dude, Tommy Reese. Um, <laughs> did did he get on a staff somewhere? I think that the Browns. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I, that was going to be one of my questions to you because I know uh, I think when Liam Cohen took the Tampa Bay OC job, you were like kind of being sarcastic, like not every time someone leaves college for the NFL, it's because it's like this crazy world that's spiraling out of control. But it's kind of it's starting to feel that way. You're seeing a lot of this movement. See Chip Kelly potentially. I don't know if that ever became official that he's going to the NFL with Washington. Um, you've got head coaches like Halfley, which I kind of get from the BC perspective. But UCLA is about to be in the Big Ten, and they're a huge school. And you're out in LA, and he'd rather be an OC in the NFL. So all of the guys so far, I think, who have gone, with the exception of Charlie Partridge, the the Pitt D line coach, are dudes who had success in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, Liam Cohen is leaving Kentucky, which is a, if we're being charitable, a bottom half SEC job, but more likely like like a bottom third SEC job to go be a play calling offensive coordinator with the team that won a playoff game this year. Yeah. I mean, that's no contest. All right. It's, it's really not. Chip Kelly was a guy who liked the NFL. I think if he wants to get back to the NFL, which it seems like based on reports, that he does, it, it seems like that's also a byproduct of the fact that they really don't recruit very well. And if you want to have good NIL, yeah. 
you probably need to be out there you know, drumming up the support like a politician to get your donors to donate to NIL. Like that's a, that's a thing you have to do now as a coach. You kind of go got to go out there and politic and, and, and fundraise. And doesn't seem like Chip really wants to do that. Uh, the other one who went back to the NFL was, oh, Halfley. I mean, yeah. guys, we talk about restarting the clock all the time on cover three. This is a business. It's a job. And mm-hmm. you got to know, even if we we all think, hey, going seven and six at Boston College is pretty good, actually, because they don't have any resources. But the thing is, you can't sell it to season ticket holders. You have to keep lying to your season ticket holders and tell them that more is possible. Even if, if you have an AD who has some sense about him, you know, it's probably not. There's really not much harm in restarting the hype cycle because it gets people yeah. fired up about the new coach. You know, just like like the Syracuse thing. Is Fran Brown going to do a lot better than Dino did? I mean, Dino won, what? 11 games one time, won seven or eight a couple more times. Probably he's 4 like every year, I swear to God. I, like every time I looked up at the start of the year, he was somehow 4-0 and then was like, yeah, they play like Colgate and stuff. <laughs> yes. They, they usually get like a, a lower half Big Ten, a Colgate, somebody else, and then occasionally they have to play the Irish as part of the ACC deal, but yeah. that's not. You know, so, I, I mean, look, I do think coaches are more fed up than they've ever been, but they're also making more money than they've ever been. And and like I I have a lot of friends and coaches like oh, man I can't I would totally take an NFL job I'm like yeah but you make five hundred in a college town in a rural state man yeah would you want to go take a pay cut down to two fifty to go live in L A you, you gonna sell it to your wife really like that's a dramatic dramatic change yeah of lifestyle or good luck know, commuting man. two hours in, into work if right. it was like Starkville to L A I feel like that would be a pretty easy sell. Um, but, but I mean, you're not wrong. That, that, that dollar will go a long way in some of these, in some of these smaller towns. I mean, like the thing is too, is like, we, we say this all the time on here. No one's going to feel bad for millionaires ever. No one's going to ever feel bad for these coaches strictly because they make enough money. So it's almost like they're not afforded to have an opinion on stuff. We saw it a lot last year in the, in the summer with anything that Saban said, anything that Kippen said, where it was like, okay, would they just like their intentions were always presumed to be like way worse than what they were. And I think that's part of it, like that goes into it. I think that played a much bigger part in saving retiring than I, I wanted to admit for for most of like the the time those rumors were happening in the fall. But I mean, they're not doing anything currently to incentivize them staying long term. Like unless you're at a, a place like like you know Georgia with Kirby Smart, or if you're like like you said, Fran Brown is like a first time coach, and you have like all this excitement going on, you can build your own thing. That's a little bit different. But like Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly is out in L.A with almost zero support playing in the best stadium in my opinion and seen in all of college football to it's, it's half full at most that donor base and, and alumni base is is more extensive than almost anything in the country and he's still just like all right well like th- that sucks i think a lot of ucla fans want him out though yeah right there, there were a lot of reports before the usc game mm-hmm. and they ended up okay. you know, they won the bowl game they they, you know, they, they played okay uh i, I think chip I don't know. You, you do have to recruit to a certain yeah. level. And that takes effort and you have to want to interact with people. And being a good recruiter is for the most part about relationships. You might say it's all NIL, but yeah, l- unless you have like an angel investor billionaire, you're probably going to need to get that NIL money from those relationships that yeah. you have with your donors. It's it's kind of the same deal. Yeah. I, th- I think Chip Kelly peaked the, the moment Deshaun Jackson caught that pass from Michael Vick and his first ever game as a head coach of the Eagles. I was like, he's going to be the greatest NFL coach I've ever seen in my life. This is, this is going to be unstoppable. It was wild. Yeah. Uh, speaking of NIL, um, 
what do you make of the NCAA trying to like this late in the game based on rules that were in place two years ago or three years ago that aren't now that were very unclear in the first place? What do you make of them kind of trying to, I know it started at Florida state, but just trying to make little examples here and there to all these schools. Is this like a last ditch effort to prove that they have any power at all or what are they doing? It's sort of like a justify your existence thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, 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 what would you say you do here? Uh, <laughs> you know, the, they're, it's pretty clear that what Tennessee's alleged to have done was definitely not legal at the time, but they right. really were like shifting rules constantly as to what's legal, what's not. Are they going to follow these state laws? Are they not? They're going to defer to the states. Are, are they telling people to hold off? And like that, that sometimes they were like, Hey, these state laws don't count. You know, we, we preempt that, which is not true because they're not the federal government. Uh, but I, generally think that Tennessee could lose this and they could, and overall the whole NCAA NIL thing is still screwed. Yeah. And the main reason why they, the NCAA did this NIL thing is because I think they realized any real, like anything with real teeth would be illegal. So they want to just keep collecting checks and not give any money to the players for as long as possible. Like that's always what they do. They kick the can down the road. Yeah. They, they, they kind of try to make it as, as less clear or as cloudy as possible, they can keep just collecting all the main checks and, you know, Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain thing. Right. So, like, long-term, I don't know, tonight we had the uh, NLRB, the preliminary thing, the, the Dartmouth basketball yeah. players were recognized as athletes, or, sorry, as employees. If, if Dartmouth basketball is employees, I think we all see where this is going. I do not, bud, and you're smarter than me, and I, I – admittedly have no clue where this is going i think we'll have employee status uh probably within the next half decade if not sooner and then i think they will probably find some way to make it to which they'll probably want to pay some lip service to title nine right Uh so maybe maybe you still fold that in at the lower levels and have those athletes not be employees if they're not actually like you know turning a profit right. some way. I, I'm guessing Dartmouth basketball doesn't make a lot of money if they make anything at all. And you know, pretty much all your women's sports, all of your men's sports that are not football, basketball, or in very some very, very small pockets, baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. you know, and even baseball makes hardly anything right in, in most schools. Unless you're the Bama coach and then you you, you know, <laughs> No. Dude, what the fuck? Okay, that was Why? like that was about the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It, I, I just real quick on this: the fact that he had Max his Bet, trusted, man. his trusted dude, he was like basically doing the shady stuff. Was like, all right, who who could I trust to put this pay, payment in? At the very first chance he had, he was like, oh, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell him like just down the road. Look, this is Brad Bohan, and he's like showing the people at the actual sports book, like just unbelievable, unbelievable. I mean, just yeah, not Slaying, you know, fifteen large on a college base, like a random afternoon in baseball Cincinnati, game. Cincinnati, Ohio. And also, then, yeah, like the fact they let this guy. Do they let him bet fifteen k just to like make make him hang around so they could be like, "Hello, FBI, uh, please." <laughs> Dude, like, well, and he, he kept saying to the actual employees, he was like, "Listen, like it's a sure, it's a surefire bet. It's gonna hit." And it's like they don't care. Like they don't. They're not. They're not betting with you. Like, yeah. what, what are you? <laughs> Anyway, that was uh that was remarkable. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I cannot get fifteen thousand down on that on that was MGM. 
Yeah, is that uh, Great American Ballpark? Yeah, probably not. Uh, I don't know if, if I wonder if somebody got fired over letting him get down 15k on, on a college <laughs> or like the way to do it. Honestly, if you're if you're gonna walk around with that amount of cash, you probably have maybe half a mil to to play with or something. Mix it in, like okay, I want twenty thousand on the Lakers. Okay, give me ten thousand on this bullshit. Like you know, first quarter. Right. Or, there's no quarters in hockey, but like you know, first period NHL game. Uh, give me fifty k on LSU. Go Tigers. I'm a you know an alum. Uh, like do, give me a parlay with you know all three of those. Yeah, just to kind of mix it in. If you just go up to the counter and be like, <laughs> and you're carrying a backpack and you're staring at a phone. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's that's not. My buddy said hammer, so we're hammering. College baseball. College (laughs) baseball. And it wasn't even like it was local. It was in Cincinnati. Anyway, yeah, that was was remarkable. And then the fact that, like, I I just – the text that he had where he was like – when I first heard about it, I was like, well, maybe he was betting on his own team, I guess. And he was like, no. And he was also (laughs) trying to get the bet in before he told the LSU coach. It was like, Jesus. Every every possible turn that he he was – he just was more wrong than before. But anyway, I, I digress. Okay, so I think there'll be employees. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess here is that they are either employed by the conferences, mm-hmm. if they have to do some kind of in-run around Title IX, and then that might make them uh, subject to Title VII, which is still a federal law, but it's a little bit uh, easier to get around. Or they will be employed by the schools in the same way that – is University of Tennessee Hospital, is that actually run by University of Tennessee or do they just sort of partner with Tennessee and, uh, you know, license the name? Right. That way, because I, I do think it's important for, like, people don't really care if these guys go to class, but they do like the feeling it gives them that, hey, these are athletes just like, or, or students just like we were yeah. at the school. Right. I think that that part is sort of important to preserve. Yeah. I saw Dan Wilkins tweeted, he's like, why don't we just... Let them just pay them, and then they don't have to go to class or anything. They can just play sports. And I'm like, do you? I don't. Every time you tweet, it makes me <laughs> I, yell even louder at, at, into the void. Dead Vulcan is actually kind of hilarious to hang out with. Um, but I do think his Twitter. I I, I kind of play a game, and I'm like, I wonder if, if there's a Vulcan tweet about this. And <laughs> almost almost never is there a, a, a lack of a Vulcan tweet about something. It's, Him and Darren Ravel, man. I just want to see them do like an actual debate of who could be the worst. It's, it would be it'd be awesome. Oh, Ravel blocked me when I called him out for his Jameis yeah. autograph nonsense. Oh, I thought you were gonna say MLK. No, this was like <laughs> ten years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, 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 do you remember like the the Jameis autograph thing that that Ravel was trying to drum up, and it was just uh-huh. it didn't go anywhere at all. Well, um, all right, seamless transition. That Brad Bohannon thing just sent me. Uh, all right, so like, there's there's clearly a ton of flaws with college football, right? Um, and the NCAA seemingly just made all these changes at the same time. They were like, yeah, we're going to take vacation. If you were in charge of this, like, what is the first thing? Like, what what do you have to like put your foot down? And be like, okay, here's where we're, here's the starting point of how we're going to start getting things fixed. Oof. Okay. We're, do we want this to survive a court challenge or are we just trying to fix this thing for a year? I don't think fixing it for a year is a good idea. <laughs> okay. I, that, that's actually what, what you're asking me is basically what I asked coaches at, at the convention this year. It's like, hey, what rules would you pass? I was like, but caveat, they have to actually, like, they can't just be something that's obviously going to get struck down by a court in six months. Right. They're like, oh, well, that makes it a lot harder. It's like, yeah. So I do think that there are certain groups 
that you can sort of go after and restrict their rights more easily than you can transfers. For instance, I think you can probably get away with moving signing day. Mm -hmm. Small change, but you could probably do something to where we sign in August. If the head coach or one of these two or three coaches upon which we, we agree when you sign the agreement, if they leave, you can sign again in February. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're an early enrollee, there's, again, somebody would sue over that. Hey, I've completed my high school credits. The school accepts plenty of mid-year enrollees, but you're saying I can't be on the team for spring practice? Right. That's kind of crazy. Um, the other thing you might be able to do if you want to stem the tide is increase the academic restrictions on transfers. Okay. Because that that sort of uh, – there's some nexus there between – academic success requirement. Like there, there are things that, that hold up. Like you have to have a certain GPA to play college sports. And we don't see right. a whole lot of guys going eligible anymore. Cause I think they probably have a, a tutor for each class, but uh, you could make it. So unless you're a graduate transfer, you need to have a certain GPA to transfer at all or in the mid year that could slow it down some, but ultimately yeah. I, is there any reason to think that a, players union in college football is going to have any teeth. I think they'll get their ass kicked Yeah, by the very nature of the sport. Unless this gets changed, you only have four years to play. Everybody's time limited. They're essentially, they really can't or won't strike. Right. Right. (laughs) Or if they do, it'll be a school that doesn't matter. Yeah. You're you're, you're going to give up a year of your eligibility to strike. Good luck. Basketball. Yeah. Like there's all this fear about, Oh, if, if, if they become employees and, Yes, like coaching salaries will not continue to explode. Okay, right. we're not going to be up four thousand percent since nineteen eighty, probably. Like, but all right, that that's. I mean, do we need coaches? Like, we have coordinators making three million bucks now. That seems kind of crazy to coach college football. Are they still making money though? Yeah. No. No. Well, dude, think about it. You don't have to pay the vast majority of your labor force. You're you're categorized as a nonprofit. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I mean. People will go to war over not paying labor force, literally. Like so, yeah. it, it's it's clear. Like the NCAA tries to protect this. Maybe that's how we settle it. Yeah, dude. Just go so, to war. I think I think a lot of the players, if they do do like a players union and collectively bargain, I bet you they they, they get crushed. Yeah. And all of this worry we have is like, ah, you know what? It's not that bad. And this guy making forty k and the other guy making eight hundred k, if he's like one of the very best players in the league, is. It's not really affecting my enjoyment of this sport. Maybe right. I'm saddened that Alabama doesn't need to have eight assistant eight athletic directors for, for football. You know, or oh, maybe Georgia can have 19 co-defensive coordinators. Right. <laughs> you know, do, do we do we need to pay somebody a buck eighty-five to be a remote film analyst? Like, bro, you're watching hot or you know, you're you're watching the Exos or the catapult. I don't know, yeah. but they have to do all this spin down stuff. You know? I wish, you know, they, I wish they would do is like, if you made a really bad hire, like if you hired Todd Grantham and you're like, this was a mistake, we shouldn't have done this. And then like, you have to, you have to stick with him for at least three years. Maybe not in that position, maybe get some motive, but like, you're like, like Auburn should have to have Brian Harson coach this season just to punish him. Probably better example. So I don't sound like a petty Bama fan, but I'm just saying in general. <laughs> I like that actually. Wait, where, where is Grantham now? Is he? He was a Bama. Right. Oh, he was in the. He was, like, uh, he was an analyst there. And DeBoer, then, is DeBoer keeping him? I doubt it. 
I doubt it. Um, and he was looking, he was being interviewed for the Mizzou defensive coordinator job. And I think he was also looking at, um, like a personal trainer, like a curbs fitness in, in like little rock. But other than that, I don't, I think that was it. Not, not jazzercise. Okay. Not ja- He's not a jazzercise man. All right, Chris, a couple questions about next season and we'll let bug get out of here. Um, what's the school in your opinion that not enough people are talking about going into next year that have kind of made some waves in the off season? Like everyone's aware of the Ole Miss, Oregon, Ohio state, call them the, the O schools are kind of all in for this year. Um, but what's one school that will kind of threaten that 12 team playoff that not a lot of people are talking about? I I've kind of got my eye on NC state randomly. Like they seem like they've done some pretty good things in the portal over the course of the last couple weeks. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I think Doran's a really good coach. Yeah. Um, I mean, he just, he's not super flashy, but the guy wins everywhere he goes. He, he took Northern Illinois to the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and like, so I don't know. I, I've just generally come to trust Dave Doran that his teams are going to just be really physical. And I, I'm shocked that, that their strength coach has not been hired away. Like, if, if you watch a lot of AC ball, like, NC State's always jacked as hell. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're they're doing something kind of Michigan style there, uh, in Raleigh. That's not a bad choice if the quarterback hits because Armstrong was was kind of poor this year. They had the whole MJ Morris thing where they had to kind of pretend that they were cool with him coming back, despite the fact he decided to sit down and preserve his red shirt, which is his right. But still, I think if yeah. you're a coach, it's got to drive you nuts. Um, because they got who they, they got McCall. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if, if McCall can bounce back. I mean, he got smoked yeah. uh, in the. I don't know what game that was, but he got like rocked, rocked. Uh, he really didn't play much the rest of the year. I, I mean, if Jalen Daniels is healthy, it's you get Lance Leopold with like a fifth year quarterback who's actually mm-hmm. legitimately really good and a ton of that team returns. So, and you get Texas and Oklahoma out of the league. Right. Yeah. And they have a pretty favorable schedule. Um, I had the Hokies in my two early top 25. I don't think they're going to make the playoff, but they are number one in Conley's returning production metric. And they really, their, their NIL stuff stepped up. Like for, we joke about the whole retention thing, but like they did keep all the guys they wanted to keep. Right. So that was pretty big. Um, you saw Delane, the corner uh, today, or the safety committed to Ohio State today. Mm-hmm. Like they have his brother on the team. He's really good. So they, they, wow. they kept him around. I, I mean, are we are we underestimating LSU? Because I think Nussmeyer can really play. Yeah, but the, yeah. the defense, I'm very like. What, what There's no doing? way it could be worse though. Like all like I've been really impressed with how committed and almost like then like consistent it's act or consistently active Brian Kelly has been this offseason trying to better that program. I mean, do you like what they've done in the portal? Because I'm not really. It, it almost says like they 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 trust what they have on the roster. I don't know if you should. That's not great. Cause, <laughs> I agree. Because like, even the guys they had that were like, like uh, what would worry me for LSU is you had Mason Smith, Mason Smith, and then you had you had Harold Perkins, and there was somebody else. I feel like like on that defense that it wasn't like a name that big, but it was not like just an average player, right? Like you had somebody right. at, at like seemingly all three levels. Wingo. Yeah. No, it was um. Yeah, it was the transfer from Mizzou. Who was it? Yeah, Makai Wingo. Yeah, Makai Wingo. But the way that he had the entire offseason, after after having all this momentum at the end of year one, like you get to the, uh, the SEC championship game, you beat Bama, you have like like a great first year. You have the best player in college football on defense at, at your disposal. In my, I think I think that that's how talented Harold Perkins was at the end of last year or two years ago. 
and they just every time like they they had an opportunity to, to put him in like in a, a situation I feel like it's not suited to his actual skill set. They they did it. It made no sense. Mm. Yeah, I Utah is the other one. I think Utah ending the season at UCF is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I mean, look, a, a lot of people from up north come down here in, in, in you know late November, December. So I, I, I live in Orlando. Like it's it's very common. You got to you got to change your travel times. Um, the Mormons versus Disney adults is going to be a, a, a fantastic off the field. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I was at uh, Animal Kingdom on uh, on Saturday because it, it was my my niece's birthday. And I'm not really a Disney person, dude. Disney adults is the thing I was not familiar with. And what? Yeah, like pe- pe- <laughs> oh. from my people watching perspective. Um, look, it's a free country. You do your own thing. Uh, I'm glad you're spending your dollars in my state because we probably get some taxes off that. But it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Just a bunch of decaf coffee drinkers out in public for the first time. Just real excited. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, some of those folks, I think they were outside for the first time. Just, 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 just <laughs> the lack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. We appreciate you coming on. Um, this has been great. We, I think we each had like six questions. I, I think we didn't, we didn't ask any of them. Um, so that was good on our part. Uh, last question I have for you. There's been a lot of focus surrounded on FSU. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily negative, but it's not inherently positive just because of all the stuff that happened at the end of last season. Um, I don't know if Danny Cannell, as much as I love him to death, is helping the situation uh, from a PR standpoint. But um, there's a lot of positives happening in Tallahassee this offseason. Um, what, what is – like how good of a job has Mike Norvell done in the last two months? And, and it's seemingly gone kind of unnoticed. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I, I just – I go back to the video we shot on, on Nolcast last year when he got extended, you know, before this, you know, past year's thing. I was like, look, it's just, it's a good investment, I think, because the guy has largely won and scored points everywhere he's been. Um, you know, he, he won at Memphis. They, they scored a bunch of points. They, like the year they didn't win the league, they ran into that awesome McKenzie Milton team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't like they kind of choked it away like a, um, like that, that one, one of those really good Houston teams did you know, in, in the American, um, you know, a couple of years prior. It was really kind of rough in Tallahassee early, but I, I think he was dealing with some of the same administrative stuff that that Willie Taggart was dealing with behind the scenes, honestly. And it was not uh, like Taggart screwed up plenty of stuff on his own, but I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what his ceiling was there with some of the administrative stuff that was going on. So, you know, by by the end of year one, they had had got a lot of stuff fixed, which was yeah. very helpful, and they seemed to have really good alignment there. Obviously, their NIL is. You know, pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not Oregon, but again, I don't really know who is, but it, it's pretty competitive. I would say with almost any other team, you know, out there. Um, and the, it's the guy knows how to coach. He seems like a very high floor coach. So it, it's absent bad injury stuff. I'd be surprised if they're ever like legitimately bad. And then, you know, how they recruit the high school level, I think, will ultimately determine their ceiling. I mean, you can tell me the transfer stuff is great, and they've crushed the transfer portal. But, like, is Sean Murphy good? I don't know. I, I watched all his clips. I, I have PFF Ultimate and Stats Bomb and all that stuff, and I loved what I saw. Right, right there. But, like, what I saw was 
like 25 clips and all of them were in a game state that suggests the opponent is in give up mode. And they're just running the ball. Right. And he right. defended two passes. One of them was one of those little bump passes behind the line of scrimmage. So can Sean Murphy read an offense? I, I don't know. Like it'd be no, at that point in the game, you're basically playing run because you know, like middle Tennessee and whatever FCS team they haven't played is not going to drop back and throw the ball. It's so, always Mercer. Yeah. Mercer. So like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions here. I don't know, you know, Right. Um, the answer to, because like, I think those guys are good and they got some high upside dudes and they have a really, they have a really good track record of using the portal, but the portal was tougher this year too. I think the competition mm-hmm. was, was greater because you have a team like Ole Miss go it all really all in like FSU did last year, but mm-hmm. you gotta be smart enough to kind of understand what's your window and what is not your window. I think yeah. in terms of going all in. Sure. You know, because if you if you tell your boosters and your donors, yeah, man, we are all in this year. This is a, and not that they're not still really committed, because I think they desperately want to make the college football playoff this year. Um, if they finish thirteenth, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. Right. Well, if they finish twelfth, they won't get in because you're, you're gonna one of the spots goes to a G five. Well, yeah. So you got to finish top eleven. Um, but I, I yeah, I think they'll be. I don't know. I mean, this is a crazy. It's what is it? February? Yeah, it's February. Somewhere between like seven and five and twelve and zero. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's too big of a thing. But there's there's like seven games absent just absolute calamity of injuries. You should lose, and yeah. there's no game on the schedule that you can't win. Right. Florida, Napier's got them boys. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm telling you, like that is. You're uh, gonna be coaching in that game. I don't think I might be coaching them at that at that point. <laughs> Have you ever seen a reaction of a fan base so pissed when when Jed Fish took Washington? (laughs) (laughs) Really pissed. Yeah. I don't know. Missed our fish window. Is Scott Strickland going to make it to the summer? Is Florida basketball, did they get it turned around or are they still kind of floundered? They beat Kentucky. I don't watch it. Ruined a pretty big parlay. Is Kentucky good this year? Because Tennessee whomped them. They were like sixth in the country. Okay, that's fair. I think they've lost three in a row, though. So it, I it was know. on the other night at the bar after softball. I, I sound off. I was like, oh, "Wow, Tennessee's crushing Kentucky." I'm like desperately trying to like figure out how to talk knowledgeably about basketball, but like, like there are so many different rank. I have no idea what Kim Palm is. I, I just I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna have to call Ken himself and be like, "Explain to me like I'm five, dude." There's so many teams. All right, it's just Ken Palm. Sixty seconds from a guy that doesn't like basketball at all, like just the sport. <laughs> it's tempo free. So a team that scores 100 points because they go crazy fast or a team that scores 50 points because they go really slow. Uh-huh. They're just trying to measure how efficient you are with each possession. They take the okay. tempo out of it. All right. And then they measure your, your your performances relative to everybody else. So how did you play against this team? How did everybody else play against this team? Right. And then they kind of regress it a little bit to pass results. And there you go. That's what I was. That's what I thought. So I, couldn't, <laughs> I didn't want to say it. It's like very watered down Bill Connolly stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for basketball. Well, good deal, man. Um, well, listen, we've had you. We've taken up every time. We really appreciate you coming on, man. This is a lot of fun. Enjoy yeah. it, um, and and I know you do incredible work. Like you're kind of all over the place. Tell everyone where they can find you, and uh, and we'll have to talk to you again soon. Yeah, so we do uh, cover three uh, three times a week. That's on you know, YouTube and and uh, podcast. I do CBS HQ, uh, CBS Evening News. If you want to get your college ball news from CBS Evening News Digital, that. that's a good gig. I like doing that. Um, and also we do Nolcast. About 75 times a year. It's just kind of the OG uh, yeah. FSU show. We started back in 09 or 10, I think, whatever year that was. But it's kind of a long-running thing. We still really enjoy doing that. So, um, yeah, hit me up on there. Think of the career arcs that you and uh, Ingram have taken. Ever Dude, since seriously. 
Yeah, and I, you're I, I, leading I the like, collective at Florida State, and uh, you're just all over college football. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I did not expect that to happen, but it, it did. Don't don't have to go practice practice law anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to watch, man, for sure. I appreciate it. Congrats man. on all success, man, and thanks for joining us. For real. Enjoyed it, man. You guys take yeah. care. Talk to you soon, uh, bud. All right. Well, that was good. That was great. Um, so I feel stupid because I like um, he's way smarter than I, I realized. Yeah, he, he's super sharp on all this stuff, man. He's he's good he, at what he does. The moment he said the thing, because I was I was hoping that there were several things I hope he was just going to explain. And the moment <laughs> he was like, he's like, I think we all know where this is headed. And I was like, no. not even close, not even a little bit. Um, all right, listen, here's the deal. Uh, the whole purpose of this new uh, podcast format, we were going to do uh, daily episodes that are very short. Um, that was a great interview. We'll also we'll also sprinkle in interviews um, throughout the season um, and all that good or throughout the off season, all that good stuff. Uh, if you guys have suggestions, it's deep dive season. If there's a topic, it's, it's supposed to be like I said, a five minute podcast. Uh, this was just the official, you know, long form one. We're going to do a crossover pod, I guess. Um, send us suggestions for all that. Stop sending money in the in the in the super chat. We don't have access to that. So, um, but thank yeah, you. For there's a couple other topics that we had we had listed here, but I think that um, I can always save them for for tomorrow. There's a uh, that was good, man. That was good. He's, yeah. he's great. Yeah, very good guests. Uh, between him and Pate, man, those are two good guests to get. Yeah. Very knowledgeable on the sport. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate all the support. A bunch of good stuff still to come from me and Chris. Uh, but yeah, the fourth and wrong thing will be Chris's thing daily. So be sure to tune into it. And uh, until next time, I'm Tyler. This is Chris. Talk to you soon. See you all then.